You're listening to Just Believe, sponsored by Just Believe Recovery Centers, with your host, Brenda Swift, as she discusses all aspects of addiction, recovery, and sober living. And now, your host of Just Believe, Brenda Swift. Hi, everyone. Welcome to Just Believe Radio. This is Brenda, your host. And we are here on 900 AM, the talk of the Palm Beaches. We do have a call-in line for those that are looking for information about uh, treatment or any kind of questions they have for a counselor about somebody that they love that's having addiction problems. That number is 877-309-3635. And I would like to announce uh, at the beginning of the show here that today is the 80th anniversary of Alcoholics Anonymous. And wishing everyone that is involved in that program a a wonderful celebration uh, for a program that has saved millions and millions of lives. And I would like to welcome to the show uh, somebody that is experiencing recovery and that I met, um, uh, I believe it's been a couple of years ago. Uh, welcome, Cade. Hi, Brenda. Hi, how are you today? I'm doing great. I Another was, lovely morning to be alive. Oh, absolutely. It's phenomenal how it's uh, a gift to wake up in the morning instead of the whole, uh-oh, what did I do last night feeling anymore, right? <laughs> oh, yeah, definitely. And now uh, Kate is, is in recovery, and he's uh, he's experiencing a lot of the gifts of recovery. He's, he's um, taken time out today to be able to share his message and how he got there and and help people to relate to the stages that, that got him there and let people know that there is hope. And that's the biggest thing that Just Believe Radio is about, is bringing hope to those that are suffering in their families. Um, now, Cade, we, we talked a little bit about um, your history, and I know, you're, yeah, I know a lot about your history as well. Uh, when you were growing up, did you grow up in an alcoholic home, or were this, was there dysfunction, or was it quote-unquote normal? I grew up with my mother and my stepfather. Um, my mother, she never drank. My stepfather, I saw him drink maybe a couple times, but he was a very, very abusive stepfather. And he always would just love to beat on me for anything that he got. You know, he'd come from home from work mad. He'd beat on me. I come home from school, he's mad, he'll beat on me. And one day he took it too far and sexually abused me when I was about seven years old. And that didn't stop until I was about 13. Oh, I'm so, so. sorry. And all of the emotions that go along with, with that type of abuse and a lot of shutting things off and not being able to you know, process feelings, is that what you experienced? Yeah, definitely, especially because, you know, I'd have all these emotions of, you know, me not feeling the same as anybody else in school. I just always felt different, and I didn't get along with kids, and, you know, I would try to express my feelings to either him or my mother, and I just got shut down and told that. You know, you're worthless anyway, so why care? Was mom aware of the abuse, the violence, or the sexual abuse? Did she get involved or protect you as a child at all? My mom, when she tried to protect me, he would just turn his focus on her. 
and she would do that a lot to save me, but there's a point where she just couldn't take it anymore, and he was too strong of a man to be able to stop. Oh, I'm so sorry, and that's, that is a lot of uh, what we hear in, in stories of those that go on to uh, have experiences with abuse and uh, substances and addiction and the the coping skills that are normally learned at that age just don't exist. So we learn to shut them down because we have no idea of how to how to process what we've been through. And that was your experience as well. What? How old were you when you first tried drugs or alcohol? I was about nine years old when I tried my first drink of alcohol. And was that just and tasting it, or was there actually uh, um, enough to feel the effects of it? I tried my first drink, and I actually felt normal. If there is a normal, I felt normal at that point. And it just made me want to do it more. So I would just keep going in the liquor cabinet, going in the liquor cabinet. And, you know, of course, I got caught doing it. I got beat for it, and it just made me want to drink it more. <clears throat> of course, that's <laughs> very common for us as well, is that the more that we're told not to do something, the more that we want to do it. Uh, just to to feel some sense of power over our lives is, is how that started for me and a lot of the people I've worked with. Um, so when you you tried it at nine and basically knew that it was a solution to how you were feeling, what age did you realize that it was a problem? I really, I really didn't think it was a problem until I was about 16. And at 16, I had moved on from alcohol to pills into heroin. And like right about 13, I started injecting heroin. And I didn't think it was a problem. I thought it was just something that, you know, kids my age did just to get, you know, to fit in with people older, maybe to protect me, or I'm not exactly sure why I wanted to start doing that, but I did. And I found out it was a problem when I would start stealing all of my mom's jewelry, all of her spare cash, her rent money, um, anything I could get my hands on, I'd steal it. And that's when I knew I had a big, big problem. And that's, um, you said at 16 years old that a heroin came into the picture for you? At, thir- at 13, 13, heroin came in. And was was mom or, or anyone at school, anyone aware that that, that was uh, the path you were taking? I mean, did, did they see any effects of alcohol or, or getting into the drugs and try to help? Or or it was just pretty much off, and, off to the races? It was off to the races. There was nobody going to stop me at that point. Um, even when I when I was thirteen, I <clears throat> I tried injecting heroin for the first time, and not even two months later, after starting that for the first time, I went to juvenile prison for setting the school on fire because I was high, and. I stayed in there for a year and a half, and as soon as I got out, I went straight back to it. Now, the juvenile prison, they they don't really approach the topic of substance abuse. It's just you were a bad kid. Go sit here for a while. 
Exactly. That's exactly what it was. And, of course, that was just more beating and putting you down. <clears throat> it was the same as home, so it did. It had no rehabilitation for me at all. You said the uh, the sexual and physical abuse with your father is that is that when that ended? Was at thirteen when you when you went into the juvenile facility? Um, yeah, my mom while I was in there, she ended up uh, divorcing my stepfather, and um, that's that's where I went a little backwards there. I, that was the happiest thing in my life. I can and imagine. At nine years old, when I tried my first drink, that's when I met my real dad, and I fell in love with him, and, you know, I always ran to him to help me when my stepdad would hurt me, and uh, my stepdad wasn't allowed, or my real dad wasn't allowed near my mother at the time, so he couldn't help me, and it set me off to the races, and then... By 11 years old, he committed suicide over this addiction. Oh, my gosh. So you have a history of people that are abandoning you and not able to protect you, and 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 you found it's sad for people to understand or start to understand, but there's a piece to being able to use alcohol and drugs to escape a life of, of that kind of pain, and that's exactly where it sounds like you went. Is that right? Yes, yes, I did. I learned that, okay, if I take this drink, okay, if I take this drug, everything's going to be okay, but once the effect wears off, I'm going to have to find more. Absolutely. And you are listening to Just Believe Radio. We are on 900 AM, the talk of the Palm Beaches, and the call-in line for anyone looking for help for drugs or alcohol is 877 Three six three five, and I have on the line today, uh, Cade, who is got quite a history with with uh, abuse and uh, alcoholism and drug addiction. He's taken time out to share with us today how it all worked or didn't work uh, that actually got him to the point of being able to find recovery. And what we try to do is let people know how these things happen because a lot of a lot of society doesn't understand uh, drug addiction and alcoholism is a medically recognized disease and that it it has an effect on the brain that craves more and it's an endless amount of more, as much as you can possibly get your hands on to shut down these emotions that, that we have no capability of, of dealing with. At 13, you went into the juvenile facility and then came out and because there wasn't any help available while you were there it was just punishment um you just continued to do to do what you were doing and uh, yeah how long did that last for you <clears throat> um when i got out of juvenile prison at 13 i uh, <clears throat> i had sex for the first time and my first time i got my baby's mother pregnant with a kid oh boy <laughs> and <laughs> yeah so she obviously ended up miscarrying the baby because she was too young, the doctors were saying. And then it happened again at 14, and that's 14 into 16 is when I really started getting real, really, really, really bad. 
and um you know i'd come home and i'd have to hold my arms up just so my mom wouldn't see that i was using drugs i didn't want i didn't want her to know that i had went as far as my real father did okay but in the back of my mind i wanted to go as far as my dad did because i wanted to die at that point absolutely and he was he was kind sounds like he was kind of a hero for you in the midst of everything you were going through with your stepdad yeah exactly <clears throat> and so it, it continued until I, I was about 18 years old and i uh i ended up stealing a tv out of my grandmother's house and she called my mother and it was either rehab or jail of course i picked rehab of and of course. course it would be one in florida right we're going to take a quick <laughs> break and uh come back and hear the the uh, solution that, that Cade was able to find uh we'll be right back after this at just believe recovery center their highly trained staff has a combined 50 years in recovery and is certified to help with each client's individual needs the program at Just Believe Recovery Center brings those suffering from addiction and their families the understanding needed to begin healing from the devastation and begin the path to a new and fulfilling life in recovery. The staff understands what addiction has done to your family and that no one chooses to become sick. At Just Believe Recovery Center, with a therapeutic process and a caring staff that understands addiction, their clients can choose to become well. Go to JustBelieveRadio.com for more details and call their 24-hour hotline today, 877-309-3635. That's 877-309-3635 for caring guidance and an end to the pain of addiction now. Just believe there is another chance and call 877-309-3635 today. Welcome back to Just Believe, sponsored by Just Believe Recovery Centers, with your host, Brenda Swift, as she discusses all aspects of addiction, recovery, and sober living. Now, back to your host, Brenda Swift. Welcome back to Just Believe Radio. We are here 900 a.m. The Talk of the Palm Beach. You can listen online, live at justbelieveradio.com. And we also have a call-in number, which is really important for anyone that's going through the struggles of addiction and wants to get help, that number is 877-309-3635. And I'd like to welcome back to the show my guest, Kate. Hi, Brenda. Hi, Kate. I'm so glad that you... Uh, actually, Kate found me on Facebook. I had worked with him at a... At a at, actually, you're about to get into that story. So um, I'm just really very grateful that you're here and, and, and that you're clean and sober. It's one of the gifts of, of being able to... Uh, get to know people along the way that are trying to find recovery. So you had, you want to recap what, uh, the stealing the TV that got you started on the path of recovery? Uh, yeah, when I was 18, I was pretty much forced to come to Florida, come to Florida. So, you know, of course I came down, did my 30 day treatment and I flew back home within four days. I was high. And at that point, I had learned so much in that treatment center that getting high wasn't fun anymore. It wasn't helping me bury my feelings anymore. It was just, honestly, it was just starting to become a nuisance to me that 
I knew if I kept getting high, now I knew that if I kept getting high, I'd be dead. And, of course, I didn't want to believe, oh, well, they're saying you go out, you could go out and use one more time and you're dead. I never thought of that. And I didn't care because I still wanted to die. And um, so I I probably went to 20 treatment centers in Florida after that, back and forth, back and forth, still not believing, still not believing. And then one day I, <clears throat> I get a phone number to Miss Brenda here. <laughs> and I, it had to have taken her weeks to convince me to come back. Because at that point, I, I I was hopeless. I had no hope for the program at all. I thought it was a whole just, it was just a big cult for people who have problems to go cry and do all this other stuff. But Brenda is an amazing human being, and she really, really, really devotes herself to helping people. And Brenda finally got me to come back down. And I went to just believe, and it was a great place, but my head still wasn't there. So I ended up leaving after 14 days, and I found myself homeless in Scordo for the first time. And that was the worst experience I've ever had in my life. And uh, then, uh, you know... Something clicked in my head that if you don't get it, you're going to die out on the streets in Florida or you're going to end up like these 50, 60, 70-year-old men you see that are homeless down here in Florida begging for change. And I just, I couldn't do that. So that's when I found out. That's when I hit my rock rock bottom. And, and that's, uh, um, thank you so much for, for the kind words, Kate. I, I know that one of the things that, that makes such a huge difference for anyone to really start to get, no matter how many times they go through treatment, like you said, not even entertaining the idea of stopping using. Uh, the exactly. difference is when the families don't bail them out anymore. That That is so, so difficult for them to actually say, no, you can't come back home again because I'm part of the problem. I'm helping keep you sick. And that moment, yeah. like you're talking about, of being home, homeless and seeing your future, if that path continued, is, is so huge. It sounds like it was a real turning point for you. It really was, especially that, you know, after my father had, my real father had passed away, um, my mom treated me like a baby and gave me everything, I, I mean, everything that I ever asked for, and she didn't know that she was enabling me to kill myself. And finally, one of the counselors called and talked to her about it, and she finally cut me off. And it it made me realize that, wow, I have nobody, and I have to I have to step up and get this thing done because if I don't, I will be dead or I will be on these streets for the rest of my life. And that's not a thought that. I could bear. I couldn't let my mom lose another baby. I Absolutely. just couldn't. And that was um, how long ago now? That, that you... has been a year 
in almost a month now. Yeah, congratulations. That is so phenomenal. It just absolutely touches my heart that that, that turning point happened for you because I know for those of us that continue to give back what was so freely given to us when we see somebody struggling so hard and just not there, it's so so difficult to know what will happen. So you are uh, an absolute miracle, Kate, and I'm so, so grateful that that we were able to connect again and find out that you are clean and sober. Those We are at Just Believe Radio, and uh, we do have a, a hotline a call-in number for anyone looking to get help. And that number is 877-309-3635. So at that point, then, what, what were the steps that you, you took that, that got you started in recovery? Well, the first step <clears throat> that I took was fully, fully in my, in my innermost self, believing that I could do this. And at first, you know, I was holding on to doing it for my kids, and then I was holding on to doing it for my mother, and then I I, I figured out I can't do it for anybody but me. So I just went to the treatment center, and I stayed. I put my all into the work into that treatment center. I went into their transitional living. I got a sponsor for the first time. I started working the steps for the first time, and I found a higher power that I thought that I would never, ever in a million years pray to anything, especially for myself as God. But I never thought I'd find myself praying to anything because, oh, God did this to me, God did that to me. But it was myself doing it to myself. It wasn't anything other than me breaking me down. So I just, day by day, I got better. I less and less started thinking about getting high. I wasn't thinking about getting high anymore. So I just, I was like, wow, maybe this program really does work. I'll give it a couple months. I gave it a couple months, and everything was just getting better. And then I get up to a year and a month now, and, of course, not everything is perfect, but the program doesn't promise us perfection, or the program doesn't promise us everything. You know, I don't have a job right now. And you are, you are looking for work I'm, and treatment, is that right? To give yes, back? That's really, really cool. And now uh, you're in what, which city now? Is it West Palm? I'm in Lake Worth. Lake Worth, okay. Um, now we are yeah. getting close to the end of the show. Um, would, we'd love to have you back on another show when, when you do get the chance. And, uh, That'd be great. As far as uh, reaching you, if anybody wants to call the hotline or, or instant message on, the, uh, on our Facebook page, I will get the message to Kate about work. He's got a phenomenal story and just truly believes in, in being able to do this because he's, he's overcome massive amounts of, of uh, pain and addiction that, that most people wouldn't survive. And we've, we've seen so, so many, so many that don't. And you are truly a miracle, Kate. Thank you so much for sharing your story. Thank you, Brenda. Now, if, if there is somebody out there that is wanting to get help but doesn't quite have the courage yet, um, what would you share with them to give them some hope? 
What would I share with them? Mm-hmm. <clears throat> Don't give up on yourself. You may be 20, you might be 40, but there's always still hope for you. This pro, you might not believe that this program works, but if you're homeless, if you can't stop using, what, what more do you have to try? I'm sure you've exhausted most of everything that you could possibly do to try to stop or keep getting that next one. So all I got to say is at least give it one try, one try. And if you don't like it, the drugs will always be there. Ah, very good. Kind of the what have you got to lose at this point that we reached. That, that was wonderful. Thank you so much. And we mm-hmm. will have you back on another show, Kate. Thank you so much. You're welcome. And you are listening to Just Believe Radio. We do have a call in line for those that are ready to get some help and, and start on the path that Kate has shared about. And that's 877-309-3635. And if addiction is stealing your dreams, just believe there is another chance.